Hey y'all, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren, and today we have a special guest, Ms. Patty Sharp from the Woodshed and Sharp Gourmet Cooking Wood from Orange County, California. Stay tuned for our guest, Ms. Patty Sharp. Smoking, grilling, getting hot and hotter, sous vide and chilling from fire and water. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. My name is Darren, and today I got a special guest, Ms. Patty Sharp, owner of the Woodshed and Sharp Gourmet Cooking Wood in Orange, California, out by Los Angeles. Welcome, Patty. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, Darren. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so like Darren said, my name's Patty. I am in Orange County, California. We're actually in the city of Orange. I'm here at the Woodshed. Um, and I, sometimes it's kind of confusing the woodshed versus sharp cooking wood. Uh, so here at the woodshed, we do all types of wood for fireplace homeowners. And then we call our food, our uh, cooking wood side of it, sharp gourmet cooking wood. So you uh, were involved in starting this business back in 2006, is it? Yes. Uh-huh. November 2006. And you started this business. Your husband, I guess, started this business. You saw a need and decided to fill it? Well, actually, in 2006, my husband was working in the corporate world, and he was looking for something something different to do and wanted. I had always dreamed of um, having his own business. So I came home from work one day, and he says, I have the perfect business for us. And I said, oh, great. You know, what is it? And he said, firewood. And I said, oh, firewood. He was from Wisconsin, where it's very cold and a huge need for firewood. And I said, well, you know, this is California. And so it was kind of a, a chuckle and a laugh. And um, we decided we would go for it. I wanted to support his dream. And I had a full-time job that I loved in L.A. And I continued to do my job. I was a director of marketing at a food service company. And he started um the process of purchasing the woodshed, which was an existing business with a focus on homeowners. Um, and since he also came from food service and I still worked in food service, once we bought it is when he wanted to add more restaurants and do a lot more with the cooking wood side of it. And one of the main reasons for that was because in the summertime, the previous owner would lay off the employees because summertime there was really no need for uh, firewood for homeowners. There are some bonfires and things, but still not a huge demand for it. Uh, so when we started working, we got to know our employees and we definitely wanted them to be able to work year round. So things kind of fell into place where we knew the restaurant business and we could add more restaurants to the already existing homeowner business and try to keep it going year round. So that was our goal at the time. So when you started out, was it strictly firewood? Did he do any smoking wood or, or any of that? Or was it just strictly he, firewood? He did a little bit of smoking wood. He really didn't specialize in it. It was more of an afterthought since he was selling oak for homeowners. And that's the funny thing is my husband uh, would buy a, a quart of oak every winter for our fireplace at home. And he was the only person in the world I knew who did that. Because here in Southern California, we just run to the store and get a couple bundles or whatever we need. Uh, so the, his focus was definitely on homeowners. And since he knew you could cook with oak or almond or citrus, um, the previous owner would just do a little bit of that, just had a few restaurants 
um, that he was selling to, but not a huge amount. So when we came, we wanted to maintain those homeowners, but then really get into the cooking wood side of it. And at the time, it was mostly restaurants and then some customers who would walk in and purchase it for their own use. But at that time, it wasn't um, there wasn't a huge market for it as there is now. I, I always say that we've been so blessed with um, the whole barbecue world that's really, really, I think it's really exploded over the last five or six years with all of the pitmaster shows and with more people wanting to experiment and doing more cooking outside and just pizza ovens. Uh, so many people have those at their homes now and they're, uh, they're a lot more affordable now as well where you could get portable ones or smaller ones or even attachments for your Weber. Um, there's just so much more options for cooking with firewood. So I think that that's helped evolve our business greatly um, and just getting more involved in that side of it. And it's such a fun part of it because it's experimenting and it's constantly learning and changing and, and growing along with our customers. We learn something every day from our customers. I live in Tampa, Florida, so it's kind of hot down here and we don't really uh, have a a much need for a fireplace. Every house I've bought in Florida has had a fireplace and we hardly ever use it. So it's, uh, uh, you know, we buy, like you said, we go, if we want to do it, if it gets a cold day, we'll go buy some at the store and throw it in there and, you know, for one or two days. But uh, I could see where, um, you know, expanding into the barbecue smoking wood would make sense, especially that's a lot more need for that, especially um, since you got into, supplying the restaurants and, and competition teams and stuff like that. So when did that start to, to kind of shift over to doing that? So when we started, um, again, started selling more restaurants and just opening more restaurants, then we started to package it differently. And that's when we came up with our brand of the cooking wood. So it was very distinguishable um, being cooking wood versus firewood. And we would pick more of the premium pieces of wood for our cooking wood customers versus people who are just burning it at home in their fireplace or their backyard bonfire, that sort of thing. So we wanted to package it a little bit differently and be able to provide whatever our customers needed. So when we do, when we package a pizza oven log bag versus a, a Santa Maria log bag, it's a different cut. With the pizza oven, we're gonna do a smaller diameter we want it to be as easy for them to use and to get going in their pizza ovens as possible. Where Santa Maria, you want some bigger pieces, some smaller pieces, uh, a nice mix to get it going and to create a real nice open fire. Uh, so it just became more about specializing in whatever our customers needed. Um, and now we do the same thing. We offer special cuts. We have customers who have jambos who wanted to uh, cut a specific way. So it's all about just working with our customers and seeing what's going to work best for them. And um, that's pretty much what his focus was. He was he was a real people person and he loved talking barbecue. He loved talking outdoor cooking with customers. Um, I, like I said, I kept my job in LA and I would just be here on Saturdays helping him out. And he would sit and talk to a customer for a half hour, 45 minutes, bring them to the back of the yard, show them all the different kind of woods. And he just absorbed all of the information that they had to offer him since he was newer in the cooking world, cooking with wood and that sort of thing. So it's just been kind of an evolution of change over the last 13 years since we've been involved in it. I just kind of want to touch on, touch on uh, 
your your husband because uh, I noticed on your website he did pass away um, a few a couple of years back, and um, you have a memorial on there uh, for him. And um, I can't imagine, you know, back in 2011 when when this uh, happened that uh, you. Uh, had to take over this business on your own after, you know, having him, you know, do most of the work and you, you just had to all of a sudden take it, take it on by yourself. <laughs> it was really, that I think was the hardest thing. It was really his dream and his vision. And he was diagnosed with leukemia three years after we purchased the woodshed and he was just getting started. And, and anyone who's uh, started a small business, the beginning years, they're just so hard and, and they're, they're trying to build something and trying to create something different. And um, it was just a lot of work. And he had these visions of wood chips and getting them on retail shelves and expanding the cooking wood line. And then he was just, you know, out of the blue, he's just diagnosed with leukemia and it just knocked us, knocked us out for a hot, tough one, you know, and it just turned our world around. And we fought for two and a half years in hospitals. We would be in the hospital for three weeks and then home for three weeks and then back at it for three weeks. And he was such an amazing fighter, an amazing person. And his heart was here at the woodshed. He loved the customers. He loved the wood. He loved being outdoors. It was a part of his soul being from Wisconsin and being out in the woods and hunting. And, and it kind of brought him that here in the middle of the city and I, it meant so much to me to be able to continue with his vision and his dream and be able to bring to fruition everything that he was hoping for. So um, I was able to leave my job in L.A. and eventually I started we, we during the time that he was fighting leukemia. Um, I was blessed to have a great staff who, who kept things going. And it wasn't easy because we weren't able to continue growing, but we were able to maintain and we're just very blessed and grateful for that because the woodshed meant so much to him and it gave him hope and it gave him something to fight for, something to look forward to going back to. So after the two and a half battle and he lost his battle, it turned my whole focus around. My whole life was turned around. I went from working in a, a, an office building in L.A. wearing high heels and suits every day to being here in the woodyard and embracing the world that he loved and and it took a little while to get used to it and I found that life gives us these these challenges and we don't understand why and then it brings us to this place that that brings us peace and it brings us fulfillment and it's brought these amazing people in my life it's crazy and I never would have dreamed of it before working in it but the barbecue people are some of the most wonderful people in the world. And I've been able to make so many friends in this world of barbecue and family. And it's just with the tragedy has been a great blessing because being here at the woodshed, I'm very connected to my husband and his name was Mike. And I feel that he's helping me complete his vision and to enjoy this great business that he started. This was all his dream. And I wouldn't be any part of it if it wasn't for him and, and and the vision that he had. So I'm very, very blessed and very, very grateful. Um, in any business, it's hard. And to be here 16 years later, it's a lot of luck. It's a lot of blessings. And it's just a lot of, you know, God's grace that's been able to keep us here. So I'm thankful every day. 
Um, you know, I first uh, heard of you. I watched one of Harry Sue's videos where you were doing a class on at a barbecue competition, I guess, on on the smoking wood. And I kind of got interested and I looked up your website and then I, I found that. And I said, well, I definitely got to have this lady on because, you know, not only has she uh, is she working a great business dealing with these barbecue guys and the business looks great and what she went through. I just, you know, it just amazes me the strength that your husband and they passed that strength on to you. It looks like. Oh, that thank you. Thank you. Uh, and um, I just, I watched that class that you taught and it was amazing. You just getting up there and cause you're a, fairly young, attractive woman sitting there talking about wood to a bunch of, bunch of, you know, barbecue guys up there. You know? So it uh, uh, really touched my heart when I read the, uh, the uh, dedication to your husband on, oh, on the website you. as well. So. Thank you, Darren. So how, so how do you uh, like getting involved in these competitions? It looks like you have your own competition team as well now, right? So we do, we actually have two teams. Um, they're really great people. They were customers. Um, now they're my family. I just uh, I adore I adore them. So we have Team Woodshed, and we also have Sharp Gourmet Cooking Wood Team, and we we've been blessed to be able to go out. And again, this is where I meet so many wonderful people. And just being in the barbecue circuit, it's really a barbecue family who wants you to succeed. They want to help you. Uh, we were at one competition and our master for a sharp gourmet cooking wood forgot some of his rubs and everybody's willing to help there. Everyone's shuffling and looking, you know, to help and give him whatever he needs. It's one of those things I was surprised because it's not uh, a competition where they don't want you to do well. Everybody wants you to cook your best food and then when you know when you get that call it's a part you're you've been helped by so many people and barbecue people mentor each other and it's just really it really is a beautiful thing yeah that's what really attracts me to harry sue i mean i've talked to him several times and i had him on my podcast a few weeks back and i watched his videos and i've i've you know i've watched him interact with other youtube guys and just the way he presents himself and how he wants to spread the love. He doesn't want to keep secrets and not tell you how he wins. I mean, he's open and very helpful and very dynamic and very high, high energy as well. So, he's one of the but, most uh, amazing men. He, I, I actually took Harry's class years ago and it was, it blew me away. I wasn't expecting the class to be what it was. I thought it was just like, you know, you go in, you cook, you learn, you learn some methods and things, but it was so filled with, with the love for barbecue and to giving and giving back and just human kindness. And Harry's the great example of that. And he's one of my favorite people in the world. And I listened to his podcast, uh, your podcast when he was on it and he's so gracious and he's so giving and he really does want everybody to do well. And he's, so, been so kind to us and recommends our wood to his class and yeah he's he's one of the he's one of the barbecue greats in my book yeah he's offered several times to you know fly to, to my house and cook for me so he came here and cooked for our crew a few months ago and it was just absolutely amazing he's so good well, he's he's got the same type of love for cooking overall. It's not just barbecue is just the thing he does the best, I guess. He wins the competitions, but he loves just cooking in general. And if you've watched some of his YouTube videos where he interacts with some of the other YouTube guys, he, he takes, you know, 
he could throw just a big pile of food like it chopped, you know. He could throw a big basket basket of food, and he can make something great out of whatever is in that basket. He'll yeah, make something he, great out of it. So. Oh, yeah, that's very true. He sure can. So do you supply a lot of the competition teams in the California area with uh, with your wood? Yeah, we do. Um, a, a lot of the Southern California teams we do, we're very, um, very grateful to know them and consider them a lot of them friends. And um, again, they teach me so much and just we talk and we try different things and we'll try different cuts of wood. And um, it's all I always say it's just a learning process. You know, you keep growing and can change it up. You can mix different types of wood and um, it's it's just experimenting and find what you like best, what works best for the judges, which is definitely different than what works for your friends at home. So you have the, uh, the woodshed, which is like the retail retail side. Is that, or is that just storefront? And then, and then the sharp gourmet wood is your online business. Right. So, well, so the woodshed is actually our storefront. This is where we have, we have, piles and piles of wood. This is where we bag it. Um, and then Sharp Gourmet Online is sharpgourmetcookingwood.com. So that's when we'll ship out product. Um, it's a smaller package just because the cost of, of shipping is so expensive. So we do a smaller bag of chunks that we can uh, you know, ship anywhere in the country. Uh, we do some chips. We do a smaller box of pizza oven logs, but the big heavy logs themselves, they're really hard to ship just because of the weight. So um, that's mostly local people will come and pick those up from us. We have some retail stores that are carrying um, some of our different chunks mostly. And some of the more retail that's more focused on barbecue competitors, they'll carry like the logs in their stores as well. Now, is most of your um, smoking wood uh, kiln drying or... Is it naturally dried or how is it, how is it dried? No, we, we don't kiln dry anything. Um, we just naturally dry it here. And when we further split it for pizza oven, again, the smaller it gets, the you know, it's going to dry even more. But we have some customers who really want it green. They'll, you know, they'll call in and say, oh, you know, I want hickory, but I want it green. Uh, I want more smoke, different things. So it's one of those things I always say it's a tough business because there's no real right or wrong. There's no, you know, bring in a, bring in a, a pallet of bags and ship it out. We, we hand pack everything, like I said, and we listen to our customers. They'll call, a lot of customers will call and let us know they're coming and they'll tell us, I want it greener or I need it really dry. Or, you know, last time it was a little too dry for me. So we just take notes on everything and it's very uh, specific to different customers. And again, we stay away from the kiln drying because we think a little moisture uh, is going to give it a little more flavor, and it dries all in the natural process of the California sun. That's that pretty much dries it a lot too. So, is all of your um, wood sourced from California? Most of it is. We try to stay as local as possible. Uh, like red oak from the Central Coast, San Maria area is just amazing. Um, so a lot of it comes from Southern California, Central California, but there's certain woods that we don't grow here. So we have to bring it in from Oklahoma or Texas. Those include pecan, post oak and hickory. So those we, we get by rail um, and we, we bring those in. So those are a little bit, sometimes they're harder to keep, especially hickory. A lot of people like hickory. Uh, so sometimes, especially in the winter when there's weather issues, getting it 
from those areas. Sometimes it can be a little tough as far as the supply, but we definitely always try to keep everything in stock. So what is your number one selling smoking wood, let's just say, overall? Probably, I think pecan. A lot of people really like pecan. They like the smoothness of it. Um, they like the versatility of it. Pretty much you can use it with anything. A lot of times um, we'll mix pecan and cherry. The cherry will give it a nice color. Yeah. Without uh, And the pecan will kind of bring it down a little bit because sometimes cherry might be a little bit too strong. If you're just doing a backyard barbecue and you're smoking chicken, some people might. Uh, cherry might make it a little too dark, might not look as appetizing. So the pecan just kind of gives it a nice subtleness, kind of brings it down a little bit, I think. And then there's other things like um, at Thanksgiving, we one year we were out of apple and everyone was coming for apple for their turkeys. And I, we had a lot of peach and I said, just try the peach. You know, I think you'll like it. It has a little more flavor than apple. It's really nice on turkey. And uh, so many of those people at that time who had to basically get subbed peach, I never went back to apple. They love the peach. They love the flavor of it. So it's, again, it's just experimenting. I tell people just buy a small quantity until you know what you love and try it out on your friends and your family or, you know, do a comp practice, that sort of thing. And there's some people out there will say it doesn't really matter what type of wood you use, but I'm with you. I love pecan. I can use pecan on anything, but I also love to mix pecan and cherry for poultry. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite for poultry is, you know, a couple pieces of pecan and one big chunk of cherry. I think that um, comes out perfect. But I've never tried some of the stuff that you have. I've never had peach. I've never had olive wood. Um I've never tried almond or grape. Uh, so you have some stuff that I've, avocado, you know, even though we grow avocados here in Florida, I've never smoked with avocado wood. So, you know, there's some that you carry, you carry, a, you know, I've never tried or would ever thought of trying. So. Yeah, we try to keep everything in stock because everybody's different. Um, grape is really good with lamb. It's real different. It's a very strong, smoky flavor, though. And some people will come in and really like it. I like grape with burgers. It, it gives burgers a nice flavor. So, um, And, again, everybody's different. Um, post oak is really nice. We're using that a lot right now as well. And now with like, you know, the uh, Aaron Franklin masterclass and that sort of thing where he, he really goes in depth about wood and stuff. It's, um, and he talks a lot about post oak. So more people are coming in and wanting to try it. People who've never tried post oak before. So it's really fun. I, I'm blessed with this to be in this crazy business of, you know, great food and great people and great advice from everybody that I talk to. It's great. Well, sounds like you, uh, enjoy what you're doing that's for sure that's a that's one of the things that's uh important yeah it's very very important very important life is life goes quickly you know you gotta love what you do i think and, and i'm blessed to be able to do that awesome all right well i'm going to take a break for an ad with uh for a minute and then we'll be back and we'll talk about some other things i'll be right Great. back with patty sharp Hey all, I want to welcome again Inkbird as our sponsor for the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Inkbird has more than just barbecue thermometers and instant read thermometers that I've talked about before. Inkbird just came out with a Wi-Fi sous vide circulator that I've been using for a few weeks now that works pretty good. It has over 1,000 watts of power. 
has an app that has many times and temps for meats and vegetables. Also has onboard times and temps for meats and vegetables. Runs really quiet. Fits most regular sous vide containers that are the size of the Innovas. So check it out. Look below, there's a link with a code for 30% off of the Amazon price that makes it under $60 right now until June 5th. So check out the Inkbird Wi-Fi sous vide circulator in the description below. Back to our program. All right, Patty, we're back. And now let's talk about some different things since you're in the competition circuit. And obviously you cook at home on the barbecue, I'm, I'm guessing, right? Yes, I do. I don't actually do the competition food that we turn in. So um, when we do competitions, there's kind of two sides to our team. There's the competition side, and then there's the people's choice side. So I live, I leave the competition side to the, the heavy hitters. We have some great, a couple of great pit masters, really good people. So they handle uh, cooking for the judges, which is very, you know, judges are looking for a certain profile. There's timing. You have to be ready for the turn in, get that box in. So I kind of like to do the fun side, which is the people's choice side, where I'm just feeding the public. So there's not as much pressure. I cook what I know how to cook best, um, and I just get to hang out with the, the public, basically. They get to try our food, and our family's from Hawaii. So when we first started doing barbecue competition on the people's choice side, I was like, gosh, you know, I'm kind of taking a chance here, but I really want to share, you know, barbecue, uh, more of a Hawaiian style of barbecue. Um, so I talked to my mom and we got her recipe for like Kahlua pork and chicken teriyaki, beef teriyaki. And I, I was like, we're just going to go for it. We're going to see my people might hate it. They might love it. You know, we'll just see what happens. So we still do like tri-tip and throw that in. So there is a more um, regular barbecue, but we also do Hawaiian barbecue and it's turned out great. It's fun. People like it. It's a little bit different. And again, I have the easier job. I just get to cook for the people instead of the judges. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like that's the fun side. I, I definitely like trying different kinds and, and different styles of cooking. I, I think people get locked in sometimes on, you know, thinking barbecue is just brisket ribs and pork butt, you know, but it can be so much more. That's why I love, you know, I have Kamado grills and you can pretty much cook anything you want on that. You can bake bread, you can make chili, you can, you know, do any kind of cooking. That leads to this question. What What's your favorite kind of cooker as far as a smoker or, you know, barbecue grill? Well, I'd like to use them all just so that I'm kind of familiar with the questions that come up. So I have a, I have the big green egg also. I, um, I love the Weber Summit. It's a, a great cooker really consistent, really strong. Um, I go to that one a lot. I like the Santa Maria grill just because it is the open flame. I love to do tri-tip on that. Um, you know, we have a couple of barrel smokers. We have the pit barrel and we have the Hunsaker. Those are both super fun too. Although, you, like you said, you have a lot of different ones as well. I kind of go to them for different things. Um, we, we use a WSM at competitions. We use, we bring a, a, like three WSMs and we do traditional Kahlua pork in there. And uh, with that, we're wrapping it in tea leaves and, you know, smoking for eight, nine hours. And WSMs work great. So the, I think that there's something for everyone and, and they're all at different price points. You know, you can get a Weber, you can get a big green egg and just go up from there. Uh, like I said, uh, one of our team's, 
uh, Pitmasters has a jambo, beautiful cooker, just cooks wonderful food. Um, and then he, uh, we also have the Hunsacker, and we use those at competition as well. Uh, last weekend, he got a first place ribs that he cooked in the Hunsacker. So it's just about, I think, you know, finding what works best for you and, and just trying out different things. And, and don't be afraid to get something that's not as expensive. The pit barrel is $299. You can, you know, hang tri-tip in there in a couple of hours. You have great, perfectly smoked tri-tip. So um, I love all of the different smokers and I love experimenting. Yeah, that's one of the things I talked about with Harry was, you know, it's not the cooker, it's the cook. And a good cook can cook on anything, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I do have my favorites. You know, there's, you know, I love, I, I can cook on a pellet grill, I can cook on a Weber, I can cook on a WSM, but my favorite is probably the Kamado because like the green egg, it's, it's so versatile. You can do so much on it, different, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, um, I agree, you know, it really is. I haven't tried bread though. I'm gonna to have to try that. Oh yeah, he can. He can. I've cooked all kinds of stuff on it, and um, it doesn't have to be barbecue. That's the thing. You know, you can just use straight charcoal and not put smoking wood in there, and uh -huh. and cook just about anything in there. So yeah, it's just so fun to be cooking outside and and just relaxing and enjoying the outdoors, especially this time of year. So you said that you're you're from Hawaii, and I can tell from the pictures that you're Hawaiian, and the the uh, pictures on the shirts looks like it's you right <laughs> <laughs> I want to say she looks like me but um I definitely wanted to bring our culture into it and kind of blend yeah. through, you know right and uh so it looks like you actually made your own rubs as well and you got a Hawaiian style or California style is that what's a California style rub <laughs> so California style is really uh it's really focused on tri-tip so it's a it's a tri-tip rub that's really good when we do people's choice we always serve tri-tip that's the only thing we put on it is the California style and everybody absolutely loves it. But it's also, it's really general purpose. My mom uses it on absolutely everything. She uses it on her eggs and I, I, it makes me laugh, but it's one of the, it's just an all purpose, all around rub, but it's focus is for tri-tip. So, you know, in Florida, we can hardly find tri-tip because it's not a big thing here. I can find brisket anywhere. I can go to Costco or whatever, but it's really hard to find tri-tip. Um, it's just not a, it's not, it's not an East coast thing. It's California and Arizona. I guess it's all over the place. And I guess you can find it fairly easy in Texas, but it's starting to become more popular. But if I, if I get it, I have to go to either a restaurant supply store or I have to order it online or, you know, ask a butcher to order it for me. So. It's a very California. It's very like Santa Maria, central coast, California. They started it up there and, and it's great. I love it. It's, yeah, it's one of my favorite cuts as well. I mean, it's very, you know, uh, it's similar to picanha. Some people confuse the two, but because it, it comes from a, you know, fairly close, you know, one's from the top sirloin, one's the bottom sirloin, you uh -huh. know, so they're very, very similar, but they're not the same. But so I can, I can get picanha or, you know, a top, you know, sirloin uh, pretty, pretty easy because we have a big Latin population here, Cuban and south american so they you know a lot of brazilians so i can find that anywhere but tri-tips just kind of hard right you guys have a lot of great food down there so yeah so you got you know your texas style and your kansas city style so it's like your kansas city style rub more like a sweet rub and texas is more salt pepper spicy 
Yeah, exactly. Kansas City is a little sweeter, uh, so it's really good with ribs. And Texas just has a little more of a kick. It has a little more of a, a red pepper in there. But they're they're all good. They're all fun. So you also carry, you know, the the grills. So you carry more than just wood now. So you kind of was that starting to expand before your husband passed away, or was that something that you kind of brought to the table or started to do after after uh, he passed away? It was actually after. It was when I started uh, when we got the barbecue teams going and being out in the competitions. I got to meet a lot of the other um, teams and the pitmasters. So then I started to slowly bring in their rubs, like Big Papa Smokers. Uh, Sterling's been a great guy. Steph was simply marvelous. And I just started to bring in the rubs of the people that I knew personally. And I tried their rubs. I've tried their food. I know how awesome they all are. Uh, Luton Booty's another one, Sterling Smith. Cucamonga cattle. So they're the, the only rubs that we carry. And of course, Harry Sue, after I took his class, I had to I had to bring in Harry Sue's because his rubs are all great. But the only rubs that we carry are the local competitors, people that we know personally, and they're all really great rubs. And then we brought in a couple of them uh, from Hawaii just because I wanted, of course, again, to um, bring that culture into it. So I was on a trip with my mom visiting family in Hawaii and we went and tried different rubs there. So I have a couple of the Hawaiian rubs as well. Now, when did you start selling the grills and the smokers? Um, Mike brought in, he brought in like a Kamado. So he had that here. Um, and then it was after he passed that we brought in a lot of other ones. Um, it was just, it was kind of one of those things where, he wasn't able to get to where he wanted. He knew he wanted to bring all these things in, but everything was kind of put on hold once he was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, so I was very blessed that we had talked about these things and I knew the things that he wanted to do and, and just to be able to expand on those more. He, 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 he would be so excited of all the things that we have now and he would just love experimenting with everything. Yeah. So let me put you on the spot one more time. What's your favorite thing to cook on the grill? smoker but on the smoker my absolute favorite thing is because it's different and it's one of those things that i've done so many times that I, I i can do it without even thinking it's definitely kalua pork um it's one of those things that it reminds me of my childhood it brings back great memories um my family every big event like graduations that sort of thing we would always cook like a whole pig so I, I, I never have tried a whole pig yet, but the Kahlua pork kind of brings me back to that. And the process of being able to do it, wrapping it in the tea leaves and and my mom teaching me how to do it. That's definitely my absolute favorite thing to cook, uh, just because it takes time. And, and I always think of Harry's class, you know, when I'm wrapping it. Do, first, I wrap the tea leaves, then I want to wrap it in foil. And he says, you know, to hug it and give it your love, like let that love go through it. And I always think of that. And I cook it with a great amount of love. So that's definitely my favorite. So I'm going to ask you if you could email me that recipe. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's super easy. It's the best part of it. Because I've, I've never made that. And it sounds the way you described it makes it sound so uh, delicious that I want to try it. So. And it's like, it's interesting because we in Hawaii they have the wood the most common wood is kiave and it's very expensive to transport it here. I, I used to bring in a little bit, but just the cost of getting across the ocean is tough. But it comes from the mesquite family, uh, so I use mesquite, and and mesquite usually gives such a strong flavor. But it, it's really nice with the uh, with the kalua pork. It works out perfectly. It's probably because it's wrapped in the tea leaves and then the foil, so it doesn't give it a, like a strong bitter 
smoke flavor. It's just enough, and, and it's really nice. Yeah, I normally don't don't like uh, mesquite at all. I think uh, I for back when I first started cooking barbecue, I think somebody gave me a bag of it, and I used it to cook pork butt, and I threw the whole pork butt out because it because it, <laughs> it could get you know mesquite can be bitter and and oily, kind of leave an oily aftertaste in your mouth. Yeah, that's what, that's what I always think is bitter. It usually gives a real bitter taste. Yeah. Very true. So, I mean, it's good if you're cooking a steak, something you're cooking quick, but you don't want, you don't want something slow and slow on the mesquite, you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> for a long time. I know. It's true. It's true. But, uh, but for some reason, it just works. It must be because it's wrapped in so much. And since I usually, I'll do that a lot in the big green egg if I'm doing it at home. So I'm using charcoal and then just like four or five chunks of it. Cool. All right. So let's talk about, go back to the wood again, because that's your specialty. And for me watching your class, that's what your kind of passion was, just watching you teach that class and go over the different woods and how to pair them. Uh, I'm going to go down a list here that's on your website and you can kind of tell me, you know, give me an idea. So let's talk about alderwood. I know alderwood's kind of really mild and sweet. So what would you yeah it's really mild anytime i do salmon i'll use alder um it's really really nice it just gives it a nice real soft sweet smoky flavor it's never overbearing um i'm one of those people who's always doing a million things at once so sometimes i'll leave it in too long and like oh my god i forgot my salmon and it's still it's not over smoked it's really really nice yeah and I just kind of want to touch on this because I think a lot of people, you know, I, I bring this up a lot on my Facebook page and group that a lot of people don't understand that wood is used as a seasoning, just like salt, pepper, any other type of seasoning, any other kind of rub that that's, that's what, you know, if you consider it a seasoning and the different woods have different tastes, just like, you know, different rubs and different seasonings have. And uh, I think once people understand that, it's not just just go buy a bag of wood or whatever it is and throw it on there. It's going to be great. You know, it could be so much better if you realize yeah. that wood can be just like any other seasoning. And it, and it does make absolutely I agree. It does make a difference. So almond wood. Give me I've never had almond wood. So we we do a lot of almond, not as much in smoking, but a lot of our pizza oven customers use almond. Uh, we use almond a lot when we're grilling, like an open grill, open fire. Um, it just creates a nice high heat, very consistent, burns nice. It's easy to get going. Uh, so almond, we, we do a lot with more grilling instead of smoking. Okay. Apple, I think everybody knows apple's kind of mild and it's good with usually pork and chicken and stuff but um yeah super mild super I, I tell a lot of people if you're having you know a big group of people that sort of thing where you're not sure some people don't like a whole lot of smoke apples always a sure thing it's always nice okay and ash i didn't know you could use ash to uh smoke but i guess it's got a light flavor as well yeah it's light as well uh, we don't use a whole lot of ash at all but it is available just some people have these you know, requests where they like it, they like the flavor. Same thing with avocado. We don't use it a whole lot, but some people swear by it. Um, I've had people come in and say that that's my secret ingredient is avocado. And it, again, it's all just personal preference, but people like it. 
And uh, we'll just skip avocado because I've never had it, so I don't know. And it looks like it's kind of a medium flavor, like maybe kind of in the round of what pecan is. But I know cherry. Cherry, I like cherry. And I either use cherry by itself with like maybe only one little chunk or you don't, I don't like to overuse it, but I also like to mix it with pecans because I think it kind of, it gets that little sweet accent to the pecan smoothness. So, uh, yeah, and I, I like the color that it gives me. It just gives it a nice golden color, but it can be over smoked with cherry. So I'd say the same thing. Mix it with something to get a little easy on it, but it, it is a really nice flavor. Right. Or if you just like use one chunk, I think that's people don't understand too, that you don't need to put, you know, a whole pile of wood in there. <laughs> you know, if you just, if yeah. you cook it with charcoal, you put one or two, you know, chunks of wood in there to smoke that's more than enough sometimes so i agree yes absolutely so you got one list that's just citrus so i guess it would be like orange or lemon or lime kind of all lumped in the same yeah all lumped together um they all kind of burn similar usually we have orange available here it's just more readily available and that's a mild is it milder than apple or is that uh I think it's a little, it's got a little bit more of a flavor. Um, the citrus does. Again, we use it a lot in pizza ovens just because it burns nice and hot, but it doesn't burn as long as like an oak or an almond in the pizza ovens, but it creates a real nice uh, high temp fire and it gets going pretty easily. So yeah. um, that's what we use it a lot for here. We use it in our Santa Maria grill sometimes. Um, our foreman here, he cooks a lot as well. He loves drink carne asada, and citrus is his favorite for carne asada. Oh, yeah. I just, we have a lot of orange down here and stuff, but I just never, I've used it a couple times, and I just, I haven't found, uh, I'd rather use pecan or, or something like that. Yeah, for smoking, I'm, I'm more partial to pecan, pecan also. Grape. So grape, I, I haven't used. Is that just like the grape vine? Is that what that is, or? Sometimes we get like, you know, there, there's, there's some pretty big pieces in like grape stalks and that sort of thing. And again, some people who are doing lamb are really want that grape. They want that authentic flavor of grape when they're doing their whole lamb. Um, like I said, some people like it on wild game. So it's pretty strong. So you need something that's going to kind of absorb some of that smoky flavor. But it's, um, it's nice, but it, it is a strong flavor. Yeah. Uh, that leads us to hickory, which I, I like hickory. I think to me, hickory is more, it's similar to pecan, a little bit stronger, like maybe pecan on steroids. So if I. Yes, I, I, that's true. I think the same thing. Yeah. I, 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 when I describe it to people, when, when people come for hickory, um, and the, the sometimes when might be out of hickory, we'll tell them, try pecan, try pecan. It's nice. It's smoother. Um, it's very similar but it, it is a smoother, smoky flavor than hickory is. But people really do love hickory, and um, it's one of those that we sell a lot of. Yeah, if I go to the store and they don't have any pecan and they have hickory, you know, I'll just I'll buy that instead because I know I can use I'll use maybe a little bit less, but the, the flavor profile is similar, just a little stronger. So. Yeah, I think so too. Now, maple, I don't get down here because in Florida, we don't have maple trees. So <laughs> I, I'm from originally upstate New York, and that's all we had up there. But uh, I've never I've never used maple, but I hear a lot of the people up north use it. And uh, I guess it's kind of more of a mellow type wood. 
Yeah, really mellow. We like it for um, like white meat, uh, definitely any kind of pork. It's really nice and just gives it a nice smooth flavor. And mesquite, you know, we already talked about mesquite. I mean, to me, it's good for grilling steaks or something that you're cooking fast, but I, I really don't like low and slow on mesquite. It just has that bitter, right. bitter, strong. It, like I said, to me, it's got an oily type aftertaste if you use too much of it, especially. So. Yeah, I think so, too. Now, I definitely agree with that. Now, where I get confused, and I don't know, I, I in Florida, we've got about eight different, you know, maybe more than that, um, different varieties of oak, and none of them are post oak or red oak or white oak we do have some white oak i think they all pretty much to me taste the same so yeah we see you know so here like i said red oak is grown primarily in the central coast santa maria um it was really brought uh to the forefront with tri-tip so tri-tip is really good with red oak it's it is it's very interesting because it is a much stronger flavor than the white oak so um if I tell customers, if you want versatility, if you want to be able to use with everything, go with the white oak. But if you're doing tri-tip or beef, uh, go with the red oak. You'll have a little more flavor. And it's just with tri-tip, there's nothing better. And then the post oak, um, and we, we didn't always carry post oak. Just probably in the last few years, we got more people requesting it, again, from all the pitmaster shows and, and the shows that take place in Texas. So um, we started adding that to our hickory orders coming out of Oklahoma or Texas. And people really, really like it. Um, pitmaster uh, Ed from one of our teams, he is absolutely hooked on the post oak right now. He loves it for brisket. He loves it for ribs. Um, he really sees a difference in the flavor in the post oak versus the white oak. I kind of describe it sometimes as like white oak that's regionally grown out in Oklahoma or Texas, but it's similar as far as its versatility. Um, but there is a different flavor with it. Yeah. We, we have a lot of oak. Uh, most of them are live oak. So we, uh, but, you know, we get storms here all the time that knock them over. <laughs> we got a lot of big oak trees, so I don't usually have to buy oak. I can I can run down the street and grab it and cut it up. Matter of fact, I have a, I have a pile of oak right outside in my house because uh, last year uh, our neighbor's oak tree fell over and I took about five or six big branches and cut it up. So, <laughs> so olive wood, uh, that one's kind of... Uh, fascinates me too i've heard people cooking on that i've just never done it myself but yeah it's it is um again it's one of those that we recommend a lot for pizza ovens because it burns really really hot 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 um that's what it's most that's what we sell it mostly for is pizza ovens some people do buy it in chunks and like to smoke with it um again it is a it is a stronger flavor so i tend to tell people more to grill with it or to put it in pizza ovens, but some people do like to smoke with it. Mm. And it's one of those things that that's like a real common wood that they use in, in Italy, of course, and Greece. So sometimes it's more like regional recipes. People really want to use the authentic olive because that's what they use out there or in the Mediterranean cooking, that sort of thing. Uh, so there's definitely a, a use for it out here. People really like it. But again, mostly I see it mostly for pizza ovens. Gotcha. And peach, peach, you kind of discussed that earlier about um, it's kind of a lighter, like apple. So uh, yeah, so it's actually one of my favorites. It's a little bit sweeter, a little mild. Um, 
just nice and smooth and sweet. I really like it. And then we got the pecan, and we discussed that to no end. Pecans, like I said, that's my go-to. I buy whenever I see a bag of pecan, I buy it, and because I, I know that's going to be my favorite wood. Um, between that, absolutely, that and all, it goes with everything. Goes with everything, and walnut we don't have down here either. I mean, that when I was in upstate New York, we had walnut trees all over the place, but um, it looks to me like that's kind of a strong, strong wood as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strong. I would usually just recommend it for a wild game yeah. um, because it is very strong. It, it can, I think it's a little overwhelming, but again, it's just people's personal preference. Gotcha. Well, I think that kind of runs through those. And like I said, that's one of my favorite things to do is explain to people that, you know, wood can be a seasoning just like, you know, smoke can be a seasoning just like any other seasoning you have. And once people realize that they can really start getting into barbecue a lot more and instead of just thinking about it as I'm going to go throw, you know, pork butt on and, and it's just, you know, any kind of wood goes in there and any kind of rub. I mean, once you start really thinking about it and tasting the difference, and that's like we were talking about earlier when you can mix some of the woods like pecan and cherry with poultry. I think that's, that's one of my favorites right there is when, when I'm putting a chicken on, I'm going to put a piece of cherry and two chunks of pecan in there because it turns out amazing. And anybody that comes to my house and eats that will tell me, wow, I've never had chicken like that before. So. <laughs> I totally agree. It's such a great mix. And that's kind of how you, you can create your own. Like you said, people come over to your house and they, they love it. And it's a, it's a very distinct taste that they can't, they don't usually get any place else. So that's the great thing about using wood like a spice is really just creating your own flavor. And it's just a part of the flavor that you are creating. And like we said, just experiment, just have fun with it. And I mean, you know, anytime you spend outdoors cooking with that wood smell of burning and the food just comes out wonderful and it's, it's all, it all makes for just a great experience. Exactly. Well, I think that does it for tonight. And I'm really glad that we, got you on here tonight and i uh, really glad you uh discussed the whole either your whole business and your history and and your husband sound like he was a great guy and um started this fabulous business that you are in love with now and you got some great people behind you and uh harry sue's a great guy and like i said that's what i saw his video with you in it uh, you know it kind of uh made me dig a little bit deeper and i'm glad i did and I'm glad we had this talk Please. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. If you ever get out to California, you have to come and see us here at the Woodshed. Yep. So I want to also give you a plug. So the website for the Woodshed is thewoodshedoc.com. And that's your, um, your store front where they can come and buy stuff. And then attached to that is sharpgourmet.com. And that's for the online for you can ship out the woods and seasoning and stuff like that. Correct? That is correct. And thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it, Darren. Not a problem. I'm really glad that you came on. And uh, make sure you don't forget to send me that recipe for that pork because I really want I'm going to send you that recipe and I'm going to have to send you some peach as well. You have to try it. <laughs> sounds great. Well, thanks again. And anything else you want to talk about? No, you've been wonderful. This has been fun. Thank you so much for having All me. All right. Well, thanks again for joining and I appreciate it. And 
Maybe I'll have you on again. Maybe I'll have you on with Harry. We can have uh, some discussion. That would be a blast. That would be a blast. <laughs> Thank you, Darren. Uh, thanks again and have a great time. And uh, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All well, there you have it, guys. Thanks for uh, listening to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast with Patty Sharp from the Woodshed and Sharp Gourmet Smoking Woods. Make sure you check out her website at thewoodshedoc.com and Sharp, and that's with an E at the end, Sharp with an E at the end, Gourmet Cooking Woods. Make sure you check out Inkbird. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check out our YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next episode.